reading in Ephesians 5, 15 through 21, but before I do that, I would like to share with you a story, right? We all want to start, start off with a, a good story to kind of get the blood pumping. Well, my story, of course, is about the mission trip. We, uh, I'll never forget going on a mission trip with Cody and Chris uh, Johnston and uh, going to Africa. And so the main reason why uh, I was going was to do a pastor's conference. I was going to be speaking on, on worship. Um, but I know y'all have kind of heard a lot of stories about this mission trip, and I don't, I don't a lot of funny ones, a lot of uh, crazy ones, but I, I want to just give you a little bit of warning. If, if, our, if our pastor Cody, if, if he ever leans up like from the back of a van and says, John, or says whoever, I need to go to the hospital, you might want to find a hospital uh, fairly close. I have, I have grown up almost all my life with him and uh, uh, known, I, I knew what he can uh, endure. Uh, for instance, riding down a 90-degree uh, driveway on a Razor scooter, um, breaking his ankle, I believe. It was, it was uh, knee. Okay, I was wrong. Breaking his knee and acting like he was just going to walk it off. Uh, so if he ever says that, please... Uh, find him some help quickly. All right, so anyways, uh, I will never forget going over there for a pastor's conference. Uh, but before we preached that week, uh, we all got to go to a tent revival uh, that w- they were having in the township called Bokatsu. Is that right, Bokatsu? Uh, so there we stand, three rednecks from Alabama. Uh, uh, and I'm looking around because that's what Cody instructed us to do, to to take in our surroundings, to look around and, and, and take it all in. Uh, the town was filled with, with garbage and, and all the roads were dirt covered in trash. Um, there were kids walking around with no shoes on. Uh, a, lot of the, a lot of the adults didn't have any shoes on. They were absolutely walking in, in garbage. Um, uh, a lot of the, the, the places that they lived, they were basically little tin shacks. They were, uh, a lot of them didn't have electricity most every one of them didn't have running water. Uh, so you can imagine uh, kind of the town and, and, and really how you would think the people would feel or, or, or seem when they would ever come to this, when, when they would come to this tent revival. Um, so, but the thing is, is when they came in, they weren't that way. They weren't down. They weren't, they weren't uh, sorrowful. They were, they were joyful and happy. Um, so when we all crammed into this tent and started the service, uh, I noticed that they, they started singing this song, and, and they sang it several nights uh, over and over and over again. And I looked around uh, as I started gathering the words of the song, because uh, it, it took me a little bit, and I, I feel bad because Chris actually got it before I did, uh, and, you know, con- considering, I'm not saying Chris talks funny, but he's, he's, he's more country than, than we are, right? He's not here to defend himself, is he? Okay, I'm good, I'm good. So, I'm pretty sure he won't, he'll hear later, awesome. Uh, but as I looked around and as I got the words to the song, and I just want to share with you the words of that song that they were singing. Uh, it says, Lord, whatever you're doing in this season, 
please don't do it without me. And they sang that over and over and over and over again. Uh, you know, it seemed like they had no worries at all. Uh, they let go of the worries of the world and just worshiped. The worship service that I got to attend those nights was unlike anything that I've ever been a part of. And, and trust me, church, that's saying a lot. I, I grew up in a Pentecostal church. So I've seen, I've seen some crazy services, right? Uh, but I will never forget those people, nor will I forget that song. Um, so today, as we read Ephesians 5, please stand with me and join uh, as we read 15 through 21. Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. May God re, uh, bless the reading and preaching of his word. You may be seated this morning. So let's focus on the first part here, 15 through 18. So Paul is writing this letter to the church of, of Ephesus, telling them not to be foolish. We see that clear here in 15. But instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. That Christians should make the most of their time because we don't have a lot of time, correct? We, we, we do not know uh, what's going to happen within the next second, within the next minute. We didn't know if the power was going to be on by 10, 15 this morning. Uh, but as my, uh, as my mother said, we've got to have faith, right? So uh, the phrase, the days are evil, refers to the idea of this present evil age. Uh, you know, we see that uh, even this past week of, of different terrorist attacks and different, different attacks that we've had on, uh, on different countries. You know, we're living in evil times. Uh, we must passionately shine his light in this dark world while we have breath. We must not waste our time uh, on the unwise things of this world. Church, when we see the king, we will not regret having spent our lives wisely. In verse 17, uh, we hear Paul saying, Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Usually when we talk about uh, God's will, we think about the major decisions in our lives. We don't think about our entire life here. Uh, and so we think about important stuff like careers and relationships and, and uh, sicknesses. And so, But I, I know that's not what Paul is saying here. He is talking about God's will that is being revealed daily in our lives. And what God has commanded us to do. You know, we need to understand that the Lord's, the Lord's will means to pattern our lives after Jesus in every aspect of it. Not just the big decisions, but in everything we do. You know, Jesus gives us a perfect example of this by obediently doing the will of the Father. By giving his life on the cross to pay a debt that we could never pay. And him doing this, he rescued those who did not love perfectly. He rescued those who committed dark and shameful deeds. He rescued me. He rescued you. Church, we need to be thankful for that gift. We need to be thankful for now the Spirit dwells within us, enabling us to imitate God by walking in love, by walking in light, by walking in the Spirit. May we do that this morning, church. 
this morning, if we say that we are spirit-filled believers, then we should live our lives in a right relationship with God, in a right relationship within the Christian community. Moving on to verse 18, Paul gives us a warning here. Uh, Of course, it says, And do not get drunk with wine, for this is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. I know what you're thinking, bivocational guy talking about alcohol, right? Not going to do that this morning. We're good. We're good. But I want to give you a little bit of a context behind this scripture. Uh, I love history. I don't know if you know that about me or not. I, I love it. Uh, there's a well-known saying, and I believe that everyone in here should, should know it. If not, I've taught you something this morning, right? Uh, here we go. So that saying is, those who cannot remember the past are condemned, are condemned to repeat it. So I want to give you a little bit of background on this verse. Um, uh, Paul is writing to Ephesus because they have just gotten out of uh, pagan worship of that time. Um, drunkenness was a word used in religious circles. They thought that drunkenness was a means of communicating with their gods. In worshiping their gods in the pagan temples of that day, they would start with these wild, crazy dances and work themselves into an emotional peak. Uh, Then they would, of course, begin to drink wine. The more drunk they got, the more they would act in all kinds of wild ways. So they thought that somehow, in their perverted way of thinking, that when they got in this state of mind, totally influenced and intoxicated uh, by the wine, far beyond clear thinking that somehow they were moved into a realm to where they could communicate with their gods. That was typical theology of that day. Um, So when Paul is writing this, he is keeping this in mind as he does. He knows that most, if not all, have gotten out of this type of lifestyle, uh, this type of worldly lifestyle. And church, as as outlandish as that is, We often live our lives the same way. We look to all types of things to help us feel the way we want, correct? Money, clothes, social media. Paul is calling us away from this foolishness to a life-giving, peacemaking power of the Spirit. So church, do not rely on alcohol to bring you happiness, but seek the Spirit. Don't rely on relationships to bring you happiness, but seek the Spirit. Don't rely on fame. We're going to go and put fame in, in parentheses right here. Social media. Don't rely on social media to bring you happiness, but seek the Spirit. Don't rely on money, church, to bring you happiness. It will fail you every time, but seek the Spirit. Don't rely on this world, church, to bring you happiness, but seek the Spirit. Paul is commanding all believers to be filled with the Spirit. This does not refer to a deeper life or a higher life as uh, some uh, different denominations would, would preach, but this refers to the Christian life. The Spirit gives us exactly what we need. Paul desires for the entire congregation to be filled with the Spirit, so that worship and mutual edification and service can take place. While the Holy Spirit indwells in us forever, we need constant filling, correct? Because no one lives a life of constant joy and and thanksgiving and love. I know I don't. uh, I I don't. Life is hard. 
life is unfair. Life is not possible without the Spirit. Moving on to verse 19, Paul gives us three different types of songs for worship along with a start to how we should worship. Let's read that real quick. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. So what does it mean to address one another? We sing to one another. That's clearly there. We sing to one another. Not just to the Lord, but to build one another up. I kind of mentioned that a little bit last week. Uh, to build unity among the congregation. You know, some Sundays I have the privilege uh, of backing away from the mic and uh, to join in with the congregation in song. Where I'm no longer the leader, uh, but I am part of one voice, lifting high the name of the Lord. When I think of that moment, I think of how, how encouraging it is in two ways. Uh, one, we are obviously lifting the name of the Lord together. But two, we also encourage one another when we all join in singing these songs together. We are just that, together. You see, God instructs us to sing for each other. Why? Because we need the songs of others. I need the songs of others. The songs of you, the congregation. I can't tell you how uplifting it is for me and how uplifting it is for for this praise team. Uh, to hear when the congregation sings out. Uh, not that it edifies us in any way or, 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 build, or uh, causes us self-glory, but it encourages us and, and it, wants us, it wants us to, it makes us sing out. It makes us sing out louder. We need that church. We need the songs of others. We need a congregation to sing out. We see in Scripture so far that Paul is leading, a, leading them out of worldly worship and into true worship with the Spirit. You know, right out of the gate, he lets them know that the worship that they had practiced and known for so long was not the way worship was intended or designed. However, he doesn't, he doesn't leave them hanging high and dry, but gives them examples of genuine worship among believers. You know, I see a big part of my job as putting words uh, to the songs in your heart. You know, I want to give you the words to sing to each other for your good and God's glory. You know, when I sit, out to, when I sit down to plan services, I keep that in mind as I do. Um, I pray over the text. Uh, we'll be preaching on that week. Uh, and then I try to plan around that. Sometimes there aren't songs that go well with the scripture or the text. And so what I would do there is uh, um, I would, the way I would plan that is, of course, talking about the life, death, and resurrection of Christ or the joy we have in Christ, the peace we have in him, and the assurance we have in him. Uh, just like last week, we, we did talk about tithing. Uh, we talked about uh, the assurance, insurance, assurance we had in Christ as we sang, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. You know, but just imagine for a second with me, church, that there was a song about tithing. Um, if not, if you can't imagine, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you one. That way you can sing it on the way home in the car. All right, here we go. Mary-Kate, I really need you, your help here. I'm just kidding. Um, we would sing, 
Forever I will pay my tithe. Forever I will sacrifice. Just imagine us singing that last Sunday, right? Yeah. I know that that's that's that was our invitation song. So, but we we won't, and we uh, I, I don't think there is a song about tithing, and if there is, y'all can uh, show it to me after. I won't sing it. I won't sing it. But I'm just saying. Uh, I would love to know if there was. Thank goodness we don't sing that, right? <sighs> Sorry, church. Moving on to verse 19. <laughs> we see Paul addressing these types of, three different types of songs. Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Isn't it interesting that Paul talks about three different types? That's because one simply will not do. That's why we sing so many different types of songs here, church. Let's look at these for just just a few moments. First, we see singing psalms, which clearly uh, Paul is talking about the psalms here. I I, I study different uh, commentaries, different um, uh, exegete of the passages, and and, and every one of them pointed to psalms. He's clearly talking about the psalms here. Uh, Second, we see hymns. Uh, which we see in Revelation 4.8. Now, a lot of times, I know y'all may look at this and say, okay, look, there it is, John. We're supposed to sing hymns uh, in service. And, and I'm probably going to get in trouble. And this will be Monday, I guess Monday morning on the way here. This is, this is not talking about uh, hymnals. This is talking about hymns in the Bible, okay? So, hymns in the Bible, referring to Revelation 4.8. Uh, we see a hymn there. Uh, where the four living creatures uh, sang day and night, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. You know, that's, that's a song that I, I, I am uh, looking forward to singing one day. Uh, and I, I, can't, I can't even imagine uh, the choir that will be, be behind me in that. Um, third, uh, we are uh, to sing spiritual songs. Most believe... What Paul is writing about is uh, spontaneous praise from the heart. I know that sounds very Pentecostal to me. That is not. It's scripture. All right, here we go. Uh, so we see, we see examples of this in 1 Corinthians 14, uh, verse 15. I'm actually going to read that for you here real, real quick, if I can find it. Verse 15, what am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. I will sing praise with my spirit, but I will sing praise with my mind also. You know, uh, Tony Meredith says he thinks the reason for these different types of songs may be that God uh, is infinitely varied in his beauty, and he meets us in various ways. John Piper goes on to say there are different seasons of life and different songs for those seasons. And certainly I've found that to be true in my life. I need all kinds of different songs for all kinds of different moments in my Christian life. Once more, guys, I don't know if you know this about me or not, but uh, as Cody would like to say it, uh, uh, you worship guys, I gotta say this, you worship guys are so emotional. I can't speak for all worship guys. Yeah, but for me, I am. I am an emotional person. Um, uh, so, but of course, most creative people are. I just want y'all to know that. <laughs> um, 
that's one of the reasons why uh, I believe they hired me. Uh, I, I don't have this on record, um, but I know this. Uh, they have said it in the past. I am, I am the heart of the staff. I, I think I, sometimes when Aaron and Zach and Cody are all gung ho, I mean, I just I say, hey guys, let's, let's step back a little bit. Let's think about what this is going to look like to the other person. So I am, I am. St- Stepping in for you guys, trust me. I'm thinking about you guys. So I say all that to say this. From time to time when I'm singing these songs or even practicing, practicing uh, them, sometimes something comes to my mind. A song may uh, com- comfort me or sometimes even convicts me. Let me give you an example. Several years ago, I was told by someone uh, that uh, told of someone that was in the hospital and was probably not going to make it. This was a person that I was not familiar with anymore, uh, nor did I, I want to go around due to a different person that I might see again. I went anyways because it was something that I needed to do. Uh, when I arrived at the hospital, I was greeted by a family that, um, that I had not seen in seemed like 20 years. And I wanted to keep it that way. God had other plans. I stayed and was able to see this person before she passed. But I also saw that person that I didn't want to see. And the moment I did, all those memories came flooding back in. You see, that person that I saw was somebody that did horrible things to me when I was little. And I never wanted to see that person again. The strange thing is, church, is that I confronted him. I told him that I knew exactly and I remembered everything he did. And that I forgave him. And I truly did. But I was hurt. Um, The next day was Sunday. And I was just leading practice. And we were singing a song, uh, Rescue, and I, we've done it here before. Uh, a lot of y'all should know it. But as I got to the chorus, I couldn't sing the chorus without crying. You know, church, the reason why I believe that I couldn't sing is because I truly meant those, I, I meant those words probably for the first time, that I needed Jesus come to my rescue, to take this shame away, to take that past away, but there was nowhere else I could turn. You see, when we, when we sing these songs, they should not just be words that we read from a screen. songs from the heart that we sing praising him for who he is and thanking him for all that he has done Jonathan Lehman writes the most beautiful instrument in any Christian service is the sound of the congregation singing so church I have a question for you and I know a lot of y'all are here and this kind of goes into it 
I thank you all for coming. I know that it's kind of been a crazy morning. Um, but I want to ask you this question. So church, what if all this went away? What if the lights, the instruments, the screens, all we did was sing? Would you still come? Would you still worship? So we, three, we see these different types of songs and how we should worship. Paul says that our worship should overflow into thankfulness in verse 20. Giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, sure, when, we, uh, when things are going well, uh, God grants us what we have been praying for. We are happy and grateful, right? When getting a job we wanted, being delivered from a sickness, being reconciled with our spouse, it is easy to be grateful to the Lord when these things happen. But Paul says, always and for everything. And that is tough. When things don't go our way, are not going well, it can be can be difficult to give thanks, right? But to thank God while we are in the midst of pain, trials, and persecution shows a level of maturity that few Christians seem to know. But that our Heavenly Father, church, that our Heavenly Father wants all His children to have. Are you thanking God in the midst of your, of your, of your battles, in the midst of your pain? So let's step back for a few moments, take a closer look at this verse. When Paul is writing this verse, he is not in some perfect world where everything is going his way. You know, he just said in verse 16 that the days are evil. We see the troubles that Paul is having in scriptures from where he is shipwrecked, he is beaten, he is jailed uh, just for preaching uh, several days at a time just to try to shut him up. He's not saying... He's not saying be thankful in everything, but he says for everything. So we need to be cautious when reading this text. This is not just something that, well, there it is. I'm supposed to be happy no matter what it is. No matter what trial I'm going through or uh, what uh, deaths or uh, cancer, I, I'm, I'm just supposed to be happy. That's, that's, that's what I'm supposed to do. How am I supposed to do that? That's, that's not what God is saying here. That's not what Paul is saying here. I think John Popper puts it the best way. Paul is not saying that we should dance around the coffin. It doesn't say uh, you, can't care, uh, you can't cry if you have cancer. It doesn't say there is no place for anger against injustice. But it does say always be thankful for everything. And this is the word of God, not just the word of man. As one of your elders, I can't tell you how hard it is some, sun, some Sundays to come up on this stage and lead the congregation in worship. All week long, I know as far as our elders as well, uh, you know, all week long, uh, we've had to deal with, with bad news uh, from hearing of deaths, uh, of broken homes, and the burdens of this broken world. It is by God's grace alone that we can stand before you. 
and lead you in songs and preaching. However, if we are rooted spiritually, this goes for, for all of us, if we are rooted spiritually, we will be encouraged by the knowledge that God is with us even in the valley of the shadow of death. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who didn't spare his own son but delivered him up for us all, how would he not also with him freely give us all things? And a lot of times, church, what we pray for, what I pray for the most, is courage and strength. So how can we be thankful in these hardships? You know, I look back at my life and I see things um, that I went through as a child. At times, uh, what seemed like utter darkness, God was with me in that darkness. God was with me, molding me into the man of God that I would become. It's there that I can be thankful. I'm thankful because I know who holds my future. I can be thankful in my hardships because I know who carries me. I can be thankful because I have faith in the one who saved me. So after we sing songs to others and are thankful in our hearts for everything, Paul tells us to submit to one another. 21, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. You know, this attribute is, is not the way of the world, is it? It is basic nature of individuals to rule others. Uh, yet this encouragement of submission is the will of God. You know, here we see the Spirit leads us into community where uh, practical acts of love are demonstrated. The Spirit enables us to do what is not natural, namely love and submit to people. If we are not doing this and acting in a rudely, proudly, or even a self-confident way, we're not walking in the Spirit. This is one of our core values, to love one another. Uh, and part of that is to humbly submit to one another. We need to submit to one another. Church, we need to submit to one another here. In the fear of Christ, or out of reverence for Christ, this is an indirect statement of ultimate authority over our lives. It's hard. It's not easy. This does not mean believers live in terror of Christ. It means we stand in awe of Christ, who is the king and judge. Believers stand in awe not only of his holiness, but also of his forgiveness. We belong, we belong to Christ's kingdom. He is the king. Out of reverence for him, we gladly submit to his rule. And serve others with compassion. Just as there is spiritual singing with, with thankfulness in our hearts, so there must be joyful harmony within the family of God. You know, it's for this reason that Paul writes, uh, writes earlier, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. To be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. In worship, we must strive above all else to serve one another in God. God serves us through the Spirit, the giver of gifts. We serve one another by the giving of gifts 
and the giving of ourselves. So how can we do this? I'm going to put some plugs in there. All right, here we go. You ready? Serving the nursery. That's how we can do that. We, uh, being, being that friendly face uh, that the greeter ministry needs, um, we need people to serve. Uh, going on mission trips. Shameless plug right here. Using our talents, musical talents, for the glory of God. We, we want you. If you have a heart of worship and you have a talent, we want you up here. We want you up here singing. We want you back there uh, running sound and running lots and uh, running projection. We want you. We want you to serve. So in all these things, we are reminded that the Spirit is, work, Spirit is, at, is at work uniting us together. So whether one is rich or poor, educated or uneducated, president of a company or a janitor, one can only accomplish unity among God's people by being submissive to one another out of reverence for Christ. In bringing us to a close, um, as I was preparing uh, for this message, I looked back at the title uh, as I wrote, May Our Hearts Praise Him. You know, I read it a few times, and, and I felt so strongly that I needed to, to emphasize, to stress that our hearts must praise Him. You know, it makes me think of this verse in a well-known song, Give us clean hands, give us pure hearts. You know, so many times we get the clean hands done right. We, we line our actions up to what we think God will uh, desires for our lives um, and what is pleasing to the Lord. But what about the pure hearts? Are you worshiping this morning? Have you worshiped this morning with a pure heart? Are you serving with a pure heart? Are we loving with a pure heart? And lastly, do we? Do you have a pure heart? This morning, as I, as I close this message, I want to do so with a congregational singing. Uh, and I actually, the word should be on the screen, so that's one thing we have to, uh, we can uh, see it with. It's, I love you, Lord. Um, so, I want y'all to stand up, if you will, as we close. I want to sing this song. Uh, just, uh, I'll start it out, and uh, just join in with me. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you, oh, my soul, Take joy, my King, in what you hear. May it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. God made the songs of our lips. God, match the songs of our hearts. 
God, may we praise you in all that we do, in every aspect of our life. God, may we serve you by serving others. This morning, church, this morning, I ask that you would do that. God, I pray that we would do that. God, that we would put aside our differences. God, our worries of the world. God, that we would sing with the town of Bokatsu. Lord, whatever you're doing in this season, don't do it without me. that we would praise you. God, I thank you. God, I praise you. God, be with this time right now. That's all these things. In your precious name, amen.